1: Hello, Texas. Jump on in with me. Buckle up and let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. Topping our news today, the weather has been somewhat dry here this fall, but that's been good for cotton crop development. We'll check in with the development of the crop here in Texas and nationwide to kick off today's show. My name is Carrie Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
2: The corn season in the Texas High Plains started off dry and pretty much ended the same way. But some good rains in between really helped as we're seeing here at harvest time. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Proper maintenance of trees on rural property to enhance the long-term
1: value of that property. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have some tree maintenance tips on Texas Ag Today.
3: Some say voluntary carbon markets could help farmers, ranchers, and foresters capture a new income stream, but possible participants say there are more questions than answers right now. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today.
1: We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Dry weather conditions have helped the nation's cotton crop move toward harvest.
4: The advance in cotton bowl opening was from 78 to 86% during the week, almost catching the five year average pace of 88% open on that date, but still behind last year's 93%.
1: That's USDA's Brad Rippey, who says cotton harvest is making progress nationwide, but still behind schedule.
4: Advancing nationally 8 percentage points during the week to reach 28%. That remains behind the five-year average of 34%, and also behind last year's 33%.
1: Here in Texas, we now stand at 35% of our crop now harvested. Condition ratings continue to be strong across the cotton belt.
4: No change in the good to excellent ratings at 64%. Slight improvement in the very poor to poor ratings from 6% a week ago to the current number of 5%.
1: Cotton crop ratings in Texas continue to be strong also with 61% of our crop rated good to excellent, 36% rated fair, and only 3% of our crop rated poor to very poor. Grants are now available to Texas landowners to plant windbreaks.
5: Assistance is now available for Texas landowners who plan to construct vegetative fuel breaks to reduce the risk of wildfires in their communities. The Texas A&M Forest Service is now accepting applications from landowners on the Texas High Plains for reimbursement of up to $2,500 for the cost of trees, weed barriers, planting contractors, drip irrigation systems, and other items associated with a vegetative fuel break. Green vegetative fuel breaks, like the ones funded through this grant program, are trees and shrubs systematically planted adjacent to fields, homes, and or feedlots as a wind barrier. The Forest Service says they can impact wind-driven fire behavior, giving people more time to evacuate before the fire impacts homes or other structures. The deadline to apply is December 17th. Details are available on the Texas A&M Forest Service website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Duhlmull.
1: This has been one of the best summers in the past two decades for one Texas sheep producer. David Fisher has about 3,500 lambs on his HF4 ranch near Sonora.
6: In the 20 years that I've been involved with the ranch and helping in my adult life, it's I think it's been the best summer. And so, you know, all the animals are doing great. It's been a ranching's easy when it rains, I think. So it's been a been a nice, easy summer, and all the animals are in great condition and ready ready to go into winter fat and happy. I, I hope.
1: Fisher has a fall lambing herd and will start lambing in the middle of next month. The corn season in the Texas High Plains both started and ended dry, but James Hunt says some good
2: rains in between really helped. As harvest moves along in the Texas High Plains, David Gibson of Texas Corn Producers says corn farmers are making progress.
7: James, on our salads harvest, we're really nearing completion. I was talking with some guys uh, earlier this week up in the Dalhart area. They were. Just wrapping up some of the later planted corn that would have been planted for silage and kind of thinking by the end of this week that should pretty much be wrapped up. Uh, as far as our uh, harvest for grain, we have some producers that are completed and some that are just beginning, kind of depending on their planting dates and the particular hybrids they planted. So I'd say we're probably half for. 60 percent kind of done you look at the high plains region with uh, grain harvest also on the corn.
2: And as to the results of the harvest, Gibson says,
7: For the most part, I've been hearing uh, some average to a little above average yields on the grain and the silage, uh, earlier silage and some of this later, both are coming in above what they had expected. So uh, a good year production-wise, those are rains and cooler weather we got in July made a world of difference in what we'd probably be saying today if we'd have stayed as dry as we were coming up to those rains."
2: Gibson also says even though corn prices have come down somewhat from this season's highs, they remain strong enough that farmers should be in good shape, even those who did not do any pre-marketing. However, Gibson says the cost and availability of fertilizer and other inputs is a big concern, How Texas Corn Producers is tackling that issue is tomorrow's topic. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: Trees can have a big effect on the value of rural Texas property. Tom Nicoletti tells how. Variety of new tree species, spacing of those trees at planting time, and maintenance of the new trees when first planted and years down the road. Tyler Jacobs of Hall & Hall is here again today to wrap up enhancing the value of rural property with new trees.
8: You know, the varieties and the spacing, again, that, that plays into the maintenance and definitely want to set up a situation that is going to provide for the most long-term success and health of those trees and beauty of those trees. Well, the maintenance is is one of the things and you know for most of Texas you know setting up some irrigation for your for your tree plantings is going to be pretty critical and it'll so much speed up the the, the growth of the tree, the health of the tree, the shape of the tree, all of those things will be enhanced a little bit. Then maybe after 2 years or 5 years or 10 years you can pull back off that irrigation, but, but again making sure that your soils are properly amended and that they're structurally planted right, and then anything that needs to be done maintenance-wise in those first years will pay huge dividends going down the road. And I have seen a lot of places over the years where trees were planted and then later abandoned, and they weren't maintained. And it's sad to say it, but the trees are almost a detriment to the property value because they look like scrub bushes rather than the trees they were intended to be. So we don't ever want our trees to be confused for brush. We want them to be uh, an enhancement to our property.
1: Those comments from Tyler Jacobs of Hall and Hall LLP and College Station. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Some say voluntary carbon markets could help farmers, ranchers, and foresters capture a new income stream. But Gary Joyner says there are a lot of questions to be answered.
3: A lot of work remains on the establishment of voluntary carbon markets for farmers and ranchers. The U.S. House Committee on Agriculture recently hosted a hearing on the topic. Committee Chairman David Scott said voluntary carbon markets could help farmers, ranches, and foresters capture a new income stream. Farmers and ranchers, however, have more questions than answers. Questions include determining how carbon is measured, how baselines are determined, and data privacy issues. There's also also concerns about costs of implementation and foregone income calculations, ease of participation, and contract provisions, and the list of questions goes on. Farmers and ranchers already use climate smart practices. Any efforts to streamline carbon markets should incentivize those existing practices. It's important that any kind of carbon tax or cap is avoided. Carbon credits should be fully researched by USDA and other federal agencies to help standardize the credit market accounting and to ensure it's a scientifically sound and practical solution. And it must be profitable for the farmer and rancher to participate, otherwise the voluntary markets will struggle. More research is needed, and farmers and ranchers await answers to their many important questions. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today
5: animal trapping in texas provides a valuable resource on the world market i'm jessica domel and i'll have details coming up on texas ag today
1: and feeding colostrum in the first 24 hours of a calf's life is critical for immunity texas veterinarian dr bob judd has more on that coming up next right here on texas ag today
0: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas
1: Ag Today. Getting colostrum into a calf in the first 24 hours is critical to have good immunity. But Dr. Bob Judd says that feeding colostrum after that first day can also help.
6: It is indicated in bovine veterinarian that feeding colostrum for a few days after the first 24 hours can also be beneficial. After all, that's the way nature intended it as cows continue to have colostrum several days after they are born and nursing calves are receiving this colostrum. So it is not surprising that feeding calves that are taken away from their mothers at birth would do well getting a few more days of colostrum. A study out of Germany published in the Journal of Dairy Science split 144 heifer calves into three groups. After their initial colostrum feeding, Group one received five quarts of pasteurized whole milk per day. The second group received the same amount of milk with about a fourth of a pound of colostrum added. And the third group received about one and a half pounds of colostrum added per day. The calves receiving the largest amount of colostrum had significantly higher weights at 61 days and final body weight of the study at 81 days. The group fed only pasteurized milk had a greater chance of running fever than either of the colostrum groups and also had an increased incidence of diarrhea and respiratory disease. Another study showed that calves-fed transition milk and those fed colostrum replacement weighed 6 pounds heavier at 56 days than those fed regular milk replacer. Transition milk is that produced by cows on the 2nd to 4th milking after calving, and it has been shown to stimulate development of the calf's digestive tract. help with nutrient absorption so although feeding transition milk may be difficult logistically and feeding colostrum replacement may be expensive it may be worthwhile for many folks raising calves i'm dr bob judd this is the texas farm bureau radio network animal trapping in texas provides a valuable
1: resource on the world market jessica domal explains in today's wildlife report
5: Regulated trapping can help landowners and communities control nuisance animals like wild pigs and skunks while also helping to maintain a critical balance in nature. Bill Applegate, vice president of the Texas Trappers and Fur Hunters Association, says trapping does more than that. It also provides a valuable resource on the world market.
9: Most fur pelts are sold in the fur market, and a lot of those are the auction houses up in Canada, where buyers will meet worldwide to compete to buy the fur collection that are offered for sale. And those fur buyers take those pelts back to their home countries and fashion garments, coats, collars on jackets and parkas and blankets and many other items that can be fashioned out of fur. The great thing about it is the fur market helps decrease our national deficit because trappers are able to sell their products in the international market and that brings dollars back to America.
5: Applegate said when fur prices and the fur market is down, there are fewer incentives for trappers to go out and capture these animals.
9: As a result, the population of all these animals begins to increase and different animals will encroach on human activities. Raccoons will begin to infest homes and attics, and and coyotes will be killing dogs and cats in suburban areas. But with regulated trapping and incentives for the trappers to be out there, we can keep these encroachments on humans to a minimum.
5: For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal.
1: We had a higher day in our markets on Wednesday. Cattle, cotton, and grains, all finishing in positive territory. We'll take a closer look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: Trains are everywhere. You should always expect one, even on private property. Only cross tracks at designated crossings that fit your equipment. If you don't fit, don't commit. Whenever you're operating, secure your load, raise your equipment, and avoid getting stuck or causing damage. Minimize distractions. Remember, noisy equipment drowns out the sound of a train. Unless you're crossing, always keep a safe distance from train tracks. Look, listen, live. For more info, go to oli.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today.
1: It was a positive day in the markets on Wednesday. We close higher in cattle, cotton, and grains. We'll start with the cattle complex where October live cattle were up 95 cents, 125.95. December up 50 cents at 130.52. February live cattle up 60 closing at 135.60. October feeder cattle up $82, 155.92. 155 November feeders up $50, 159.35. 159 January feeder cattle up $1.25, closing at $160.47. Cash-fed cattle trade picked up on Wednesday. We saw some light trade at $124 here in the south. That's steady with last week. Of course, we did see some light sales, but it looks like most of the feedlots holding out for higher money as we get here toward the end of the week. The online Fed Cattle Exchange was held on Wednesday. We had 2,757 head offered. None of those cattle sold. Boxed beef was mixed on Wednesday with choice down 37 cents to 80.51. Select up $1.47 at 263 even. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Here's that
4: auction report from Kenny Mingus, Milam County Livestock Auction Cameron. They sell up every Friday. Kenny, how'd that sale go down on the Little River? We had about what we thought we'd had, Larry. we were a little bit down for us, but we had 941, and out of that mix we had about 200 cows and bulls. You know, we got good rain through this country, had a big rain Wednesday, you know, Thursday morning, and, and so everybody got a little rain, and it was really good. And as a rule, the market was pretty good, and... Uh, so we'll start with the steers under three hundred, a dollar fifty to one ninety. Didn't have a really good true test on them. Not a lot of little light cattle. Three to, 400 pound steers, to four hundred pound steers, one twenty to one ninety one. Four to five hundred pound steers, a dollar to one and over five hundred seventy to a dollar seventy eight. On the heifers, kind of the same way. On the little light heifers, uh, not a true test. Under three hundred, from one twenty to one forty three. Three to four hundred pound heifers, one ten to one forty seven. Four to five hundred pound heifers, ninety to a dollar forty one, 41, and over five hundred seventy to one thirty seven. On the packer cows, eighteen to 70. Packer bulls, 50 to 88. Stocker cows, 350 to 1150. And on the cow-calf pairs, seven and a quarter to 1300. What are we anticipating for this next week? Hopefully sure have more than we had, uh, you know, last Friday. Supposed to be pretty all week. Hopefully this market will pick up just a little bit more. The the oats are kind of the ones that had them in and had them ready, they're they are popping through the ground, and, and some of them are up pretty good. I think there's going to come a point in time here to where, you know, these light cattle, and maybe a few of these five-way cattle gain a little steam here because we've got some grazing for them to go outside, you know, especially locally right here. Well, I bet your neck is swelling. It's about <laughs> deer season, isn't it? It is. Good deal. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Yes, sir. Just catch us at the office Monday through Wednesday at 254 Six nine seven six six nine seven. You can follow us on our webpage at milamcountylivestockoffering.com or catch us on Facebook. We appreciate your business, and we're just a phone call away. Thank you, sir. Talk to you toward the end of the week. You bet. Thank you, Larry. Hey, I'm Larry Marble. That's it for Walking the Pins.
1: We'll see you tomorrow. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're leaning hogs closed lower. December hogs dropped a $1.37, 76.02. February hogs down a twenty two at 79.22. Class 3 milk was mixed. Nearby October unchanged 1791 100 weight. November milk up 16 at 1938 100. The cotton market closed sharply higher after nearly touching limit up during the trading session on Wednesday, support from outside markets helping to push prices back above a dollar 10 on the December contract. It was up 290 points closing at 11073. March cotton up 279 to close at 10863. The corn market closed higher, getting a boost from a rise in ethanol production. For the fourth straight week, ethanol production has risen by a combined 182,000 barrels per day. December corn up 9 cents, closing at 539 and a quarter. March corn up 8 and three quarters, 547 and three quarters. The wheat market continuing to get support from a strong Minneapolis spring wheat market. That Minneapolis spring wheat is now up near $10 a bushel. That's helping to support both our hard and soft wheat. July Kansas City wheat up 9 7 dollars and three quarters. July Chicago wheat up 12 and a quarter, closing at 7 dollars and three quarters. In the energy markets, November natural gas was up $0.07 cents at five sixteen. dollars November crude oil up $1.29, dollars a barrel. The financial markets were mixed on Wednesday. The Dow up 152 points, 35,609. The Nasdaq down 7 at 15,121. The S&P up 16 at 4,536. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet.